Peja Stoyokovic. If you you can probably Google this, you look up Matt Devlin yelling Punjabi, and so Peja was going for a three pointer, and Matt just yells out Peja Punjabi three pointer, <laughs> and uh, we had quite the laugh. And you know, <laughs> forget about uh, you know the impact that the game has had on the Punjabi community. I think we were making an impact on uh, on, on the players. <laughs> <laughs> Forever impressed. I think this is, <laughs> I'll have to fill everyone else in on my initial shock when I heard Laurel bust out her Punjabi. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Sport Talks with Sport Profs. I'm Prof Walls. I'm also joined by Prof Joe and Dan, the coach Berlin, as well as our eSport and entertainment expert is with us tonight, Axel Leelmanis. I see some students are here. Unfortunately, our dear friend and colleague, Chelsea Verne, who's our social media expert, was not able to be here with us tonight, but you did get a chance to correspond with her, Parminder, I know. And this is pretty exciting to have Parminder Singh, who's an MBA host and commentator and also one of the co-founders or founders of Punjabi Hockey Night in Canada, which we'll get into a little bit. So Parminder, welcome. Thank you for joining us on our podcast tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I can't believe that we can do this. I mean, obviously in, in different circumstances, but I was just telling my, my wife and kids, I'm going for a quick interview Prior to this, I'd have to leave for two hours and, and be back late. But this is uh, this is amazing. Glad to be a part of this. So, Parminder, when you and I first chatted, uh, yeah, I, well, we, let's tell the story because I, <laughs> I, I shocked you. I said, Satsi Dikal. And it's very important because tonight on Sport Talks, we're going to be doing Sport Talks in both English and a little bit of Punjabi which is our first time doing this in multiple languages. So we're really excited. So you will have to do both the speaking and the translating for us, but we will be translating the show for the (laughs) podcast with it and with the video. So thank you for doing this. It's exciting for us. And of course, obviously there's an audience amongst the Punjabi community for sports. So tell everyone what Satsikal means. No, no, absolutely. Satsikal is, uh, you know, in, in, in the Punjabi way of saying, hello, how are you? And I was, Initially, um, so mind you, so I, I received an email from Laurel. We connected, I think, on Twitter initially uh, about this wonderful program that uh, I heard initially about uh, with Ryerson and all the great stuff that uh, was going on. And in our meeting, Laurel starts off with a satsyakal. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh, but, but not just that. I mean, you know, you, you've got some words down. Like there's almost a couple of sentences I think you, you had together, which was great, uh, great to hear. Because I know, again, uh, Punjabi is the fourth most spoken language in Canada. So, I, you know, it's without a doubt that I'm sure that if you're Canadian, you've probably run into a Punjabi person <laughs> at least once or twice in your life. And I think given that and the opportunity to start this amazing broadcast with Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi edition, had, uh, you know, really put that into motion on uh, what we had all kind of expected. There's a huge Punjabi community and they're watching sports. So why not a broadcast uh, in Punjabi? My colleagues and my students don't know this, but it did take Punjabi lessons once. <clears throat> Although, unfortunately, I don't remember. I, I, well, I actually took not only did I take Punjabi lessons, but I took Punjabi lessons to read and write, not to speak. So My goodness. it was uh, I don't remember anything anymore other than the odd word here and there. It's so unfortunate, actually. 
So, but, but let's, the perseverance though, because mind you, Punjabi classes generally are with kids who are in the elementary school years. So <laughs> it's, uh, and, and I believe that was your experience. It was, I was with, I was at the time, I don't know, I was a 25 to 30 year old woman and I was at the, the Gudwada in Brampton and I went on Sundays to take Punjabi lessons. And I was, I was not only the oldest person in the room, but the kids would be pointing and saying uh, Gori, which is basically the translation is, is a white person. And yeah, it was very interesting because it was a children. This was, I was taking this with kids. I'm sure there were six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And there I was trying to learn Punjabi. Yeah. It, was, it was a, it was a unique experience, but it was fun. And I mean, I definitely belonged in that class because I needed to learn the writing. The alphabet was next to impossible for me. Well, oh, uh, listen, I, I, I like to think you had foresight. You knew Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi was coming. We would have needed some hosts and, and reporters. So <laughs> but that's an ama- amazing story. <laughs> so, let, yeah, let's get, let's get into this with you because you've got a really interesting education, University of Wyoming, uh, Harvard University, University of Toronto, and you have this experience in mental health and trauma and this interest in family medicine. And then all of a sudden you take a, I don't even know, you go on a different book. This is not even the, the, in the same chapter of a book, you take a complete 180 degree turn and you decide that you want to be in sport media and commentate as a Punjabi commentator in hockey and now basketball. Tell us about that switch and and that's pretty significant in terms of the type of switch 180 degree no absolutely but let me back it up a little bit you know i went to high school i grew up in jane and finch in, in toronto went to high school at weston and finch so sports was always a connecting point for me personally that uh, you know it was uh when i was new to canada that it was a way for me to you know immerse myself with the canadian culture if you may and then also find like a even ground between me and my my friends, the friends that I made were through sports and, uh, and especially hockey. I grew up, you know, watching hockey and playing hockey. I wasn't a skater by any means, believe you. And my parents couldn't afford to uh, buy hockey equipment. Uh, they did purchase uh, a pair of skates for me. So you used to play a lot of shinny. And that's, you know, really opened up my world into sports and, and being able to play hockey. And in high school, I, I was the guy who used to do the morning announcements. And so in grade nine or grade 10, so it's like freshman year, and the teachers are always the ones who do the announcements. And it used to get pretty boring. And I think I just, I went up to my, who, who was the gym teacher who used to do the morning announcements. And I said, uh, you know, Mr. Rodney, uh, why don't you have some students up here doing the announcements? And uh, he's like, listen, we've tried, but no one wants to come. I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So he's like, okay, you know, and uh, so he had me come. He's like, okay, we're just going to do a couple of exercises with your mouth. So you, you know, enunciating properly. It's not just the vowels, but the consonants. So he's, you know, giving me the little rundown and hands me the announcements for the day. And I started doing the morning announcements. And that led me to an internship with 680 News while I was in high school. So Peter Gross, who's the sports uh, supervisor over at 680, I ended up calling him saying, listen, I'm, I'm interested in sports. I do the morning announcements. Uh, is there any way I can come job shadow you? You know, it's a, so there was a job shadow program that the TDSB initiated. I didn't want a job. It was, it was essentially job shadow your parents. Uh, my father's a truck driver. And uh, so I was like, okay, dad, I 
don't want to follow you up for the day, you know, with all due respect. I mean, you provide for a family. Uh, can I try something else? My dad was like, whatever, that's fine. Uh, you know, so I contacted a few different places. 680 was one of them. And Peter Gross is like, okay, well, I can't get you on that specific day because I'm not working there. But why don't you come for an internship? And I was like, this is amazing. I get to do an internship until he told me I had to be there at like 3.30 a.m. because it's 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 morning radio. So now I'm in, I'm a, I'm in grade 11. Uh, I got my license. So I was 17, I guess, 16, just turned 17 around that year and got my license. So I asked my parents if I could borrow their car. They're like, what are you doing? Like you're... You know, I was an honor roll student, you know, I was doing well academically and now I want to go and uh, shadow this guy who's on morning radio. And uh, so I, you know, forced my way and they said, okay, go ahead. And so I, I went and I shadowed Peter Gross. And so I was there a couple of times. He taught me the ropes on, uh, you know, what to do. Uh, and then he had me doing high school sports. So I used to call in with the sports highlights from, uh, Jarvis Collegiate, like the all the kind of the big sporting events that used to happen in high school, I used to call them in. So I did a couple of those. Then I got into UFT, uh, of course, sciences. I'm studying neuroscience in the University of Toronto. And then I reached out to Peter Gross. I was like, listen, you know, maybe I can continue doing some more sports, varsity sports. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure. He's so calling varsity sports highlights. And uh, so I think that's where my passion for sports journalism kind of came. And it's just so that my parents, and as you know, if any Indian parent, you know, uh, which is similar to a lot of immigrant families, you know, there's only three jobs and three professions you can go for. Either you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, and that's it. And, and one thing my dad did say is turn the TV on, in which we used to watch the evening news all the time, is like, you know, come on, there's nobody that looks like us on TV that it's going to be tough for you to make it there. Stick to something that's actually going to get you a job, a good, decent pay. And um, I did heed to his advice. I stuck to school. and uh, But pretty much at the point of med school is when I got a call from a friend of mine who had connected with actually Joel Darling over at uh, CBC about this Hawknet in Punjabi. Yeah, so, so medicine had been something that I, you know, was my kind of trajectory academically. Got into U of T, went to med school. So during med school, just before my clinicals, I was uh, doing hockey night in Punjabi. <laughs> so I'm speechless yeah. on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, okay, during med school, you're doing hockey night in Punjabi. The yeah. While on broadcasting, hockey night in Punjabi, did anyone, any of your audience have any idea that you're in med school? No, and you know what? And uh, this is actually, it's funny because I, I don't know why. Like, I just felt I should have shared this. I probably should have shared it with even Joel. I, I didn't because uh, after the year that, uh, or just prior to the year that CBC lost the rights to hockey night in Canada, it went to Rogers. I was actually, I picked up this amazing opportunity to do a clerkship in, in Florida. So I was like, you know, Joel, I'm going to be away and so forth. So that was the point where I kind of had to leave hockey night in Punjabi because I was, I had to complete my degree. Otherwise my parents would disown me. You know? it was, <laughs> and it's like, how do you explain that? You know, to, you're supposedly a professional doing, you know, uh, interviewing like the top hockey players. And this is like, I had an interview with Sid the Kid because I was working for Omni at the time as well as my part-time gig. 
So I think my parents kind of knew that I was going to switch at some point. But uh, but one thing I did want to do was to at least give them that degree. And and, and, then, uh, and then say, see you later. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was like, I'm out of here, guys. <laughs> so you, this is so important because you with uh, obviously and, and Joel is a big part of our program. He's one of our instructors in the program. And uh, Joe has worked with them. Dan has worked with them. Many of our students take his class. Identifying a need with a new segment Punjabi speaking Canadians and you you made a, a comment about this is something that you as a child when you grew up you're watching and then your father watching hockey and saying turn on the television and people are not seeing people like you're you know who look like you as as yeah. stated by you and so being able to identify that this is a segment and that hockey unites and one thing we do know is that with new Canadians is that when people come to Canada, they say, how am I going to feel part of a community and feel as though I'm united in the sense of belonging? And they do that through, on many occasions, through sport. And whether it's through soccer or whether it's through hockey. So you saw a segment, an audience segment here as a very important segment, and now it continues to grow. So when you're building the brand and ignoring maybe some obstacles of naysayers, because I'm going to assume that there were some naysayers and not everybody believed in this program. Was it all roses or was there some barriers also that you experienced? Well, first of all, I, you know, I, I give it to Joel Darling. He was a visionary on this because in 2008, we had the Beijing Olympics and, um, and he, he began a broadcast in Mandarin for hockey. And, and that's when he initially uh, contacted uh, Omni and uh, about doing this broadcast. And it was actually a friend of mine, Bobby Sani, who's now the first member of the Indian descent to be on Canada Hockey's board of directors. And uh, so Bobby manned that call with, uh, with Joel and, uh, and he's like, okay, I'm going to put you in touch with someone. And, and Bobby told me that, you know, connect with Joel over at CBC. They're looking for doing this broadcast in Punjabi. And that's when I had reached out to, to Joel. I said, listen, look, I, I'm a guy who loves sports. I did a bit with 680 and now I do a Punjabi program on Omni television. And uh, so let's, let's mix the two. And so, and, and Joel was like, listen, Parminder, this is just a pilot project. We have budget for one person. Mandarin was just a single guy doing play-by-play. -play. And, uh, and it was actually the year that I had met Harden Orion earlier. And so I, I didn't know what was going to come of this. So, uh, but then Joel called me back and said, listen, let's have you in for a screen test. And, and again, this is a pilot project. We're only doing this for uh, the finals. And it was, uh, you know, Detroit. Red Wings and uh, the Penguins. And we're like, okay, sure. You know what, if th that's going to be. So I go out there for the screen test and they had me doing the Penguins earlier series, the, the conference finals. And so I'm calling the game and Punjabi is a passionate language. Like you, it's, you know, you really get into it. If those who haven't listened or if they've heard perhaps the, uh, the Spanish broadcast for soccer, like you can see how much energy you need to bring. And I, I said this to Joel after I was like, listen, I, I'd love to do this, but I can't do it alone. I'm going to need, uh, you know, to take a breath. I'm going to need some water and so <laughs> forth. And uh, but, but coming back to your original question about the obstacles, I, th I think, you know, it was always a question. Would we get the sponsors? You know, because that was a big thing. And would we be back for next season? Because at that point, you know, in, in my mind, we were supposed to be just online. So we were just online. And within the first week, uh, I think I did about like close to 15 interviews all the way to the BBC in England. And then Bell and Rogers got interested and gave us a digital channel to, to put us on television. 
so that you know first season or the the end of the season we went into the 08 09 regular season was the first uh, season that we did which again was a pilot and, and Joel kept saying every year that this is a pilot project this is just a pilot you know lo and behold it's just I think the stars kind of aligned when Rogers took it over that Omni was already present and it was providing broadcast in different languages and that really kind of bumped uh, the broadcast to what you see today. Mm-hmm. So your uh, former colleague uh, Harna Ryan mentions on a CBC interview that in Punjabi, there are not really any specific ice hockey terms. And so, you know, you had to come up with terms to better describe for the viewers. And so can you maybe give us some examples of what those were? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, we had, you know, such a uh, hit at this when, when we did our interview back with George Strombolopoulos on the hour, he had us on there talking about the different terms and so forth. So now mind you, field hockey is actually the national sport in, in Punjab, in India. Uh, even though cricket is far more popular. And I think now cricket has also become uh, the national sport there. So the community was used to playing hockey or certain terms, offense, defense, shots, just except this was a new surface now. Now we're playing hockey on ice. So icing, we had a heyday with this one. Icing was amazing because ice in Punjabi is barf. So, and it's like, do we, do we call it barfing or do we keep it ice, icing? And, and uh, yeah, so, so we kind of call, called it icing because barfing obviously wouldn't have worked out in, in the least favor, if, uh, if you may. Uh, you know, I, I coined the term, he shoots, he scores uh, in Punjabi, which was, uh, you know, Maria shot, kita goal. And, you know, it was, we had to bring out our foster Hewittism out of here, right? It was... Uh, it was an amazing opportunity. And the, the kids really loved the slap shot because it was just a literal translation. And if you have immigrant parents or you grew up with immigrant parents, you, you know, they straighten you up. It's, you know, there's far less kind of verbal communication when it comes to discipline. And sometimes a slap just gets the job done. And uh, so it's, it was chapeir shot. Chapeir shot was a literal translation to, to a slap shot. And uh <laughs> So uh, but you wouldn't you wouldn't say that you would say you would speak Punjabi say and then when you wanted to say the word slap shot you'd say slap shot could you give us an example would you mind speaking in Punjabi to say I don't know Sid Crosby just hit a slap shot and it went in the net and scored a goal and you say that uh, how would you say uh, in Punjabi uh, no absolutely so so it would begin something of Sydney for you we pack lucky again netted wale Maria Chapir shot netted which Sydney they come to goal. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I could see the enthusiasm. Yeah, I hope, I, I, hope I didn't wake up the neighborhood here. It's <laughs> I, I just figured it out why we need women's hockey is we need Punjabi women's hockey because you're way more exciting in calling a game, let's say, than the way women's game gets called. There's an article actually making a point by a woman right. named Cheryl Cookie and Michael Messner, which is called From Fizzle to Sizzle. And they talk about actually how when you call uh, hosts and commentators are calling male sports exactly like he shoots, he scores. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. He was going down the ice. It was a 90 mile an hour slap shot. It's amazing. Wow. And the crowd goes wild. And then a woman skates down the ice and he says, wow, look at the finesse of how she's skating down the ice and she shoots and she scores. And wow, the goal went in the net. So I like the enthusiasm. It just seems like maybe you need to give some lessons to the fizzle to sizzle, the way women's games are called versus the way 
men's hey, games are called. Listen, Punjabi or English, you got to get us onto the women's broadcast. We'll liven it up right away. I think these are the kind of barriers I think that we even had to face. You know, when I say we in terms of a, a broadcast per perspective, because as as you can tell, predominantly what you would see on TV was white male dominated sport. And one of the obstacles of being able to capture a lot of the audience uh, or at least have players who didn't feel left out or parents who would feel comfortable taking their kids to the rink. I, I think it's necessary. And, uh, you know, if we are to look at women's hockey and, you know, all, with all due respect, it's players were putting in just as much, if not more effort in their game to do what they do and that high skill level, I think is just a bit of disrespect not to have uh, great commentators calling those games. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you feel that way. This is great. So I'll have to follow up after this. So I'd like to turn it over to Axel has a question here and basically trying to flip the switch on traditional practices in sports and everything from, you know, even the traditional linear broadcast to what happened at the Super Bowl this weekend. We can't, we can't not be on Sport Talks tonight and talk about the Super Bowl. It was unbelievable in terms of the production value. The, uh, as I was saying today, I was watching TikTok and the tailgate show is on TikTok and they've got different shows that are happening distributed on Twitch. I actually assigned my esports class an assignment for the Super Bowl that had to do with some contests that Verizon and Fortnite were doing with Twitch and the Super Bowl. It was, it was unbelievable in terms of the emerging sport and technology. So Axel, over to you. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think we're at a pivotal point in the broadcasting of major league sports with all these TV rights uh, up for expiry or up for negotiation. And you're seeing a lot of new players enter the ring claiming to offer a different audience to all the leagues, um, you know, to help grow their audience, understanding that a lot of these leagues have had aging viewers for a number of years now. So, you know, the NHL, uh, for example, its contract with NBC expired this year, uh, I think it's the next season is going to be up for grabs. There's a number of other ones in the same boat. Curious to hear your perspective on what would you like to see for the next decade in broadcasting of these major sports? I mean, you can speak to basketball, you can speak to hockey. Um, but what, you know, from your perspective, what would you like to see of the next decade in broadcasting? No, I think uh, the, in, the true integration of tech in, into broadcasting, I think, um, so, so mind you, Hunter and I were the first ones to kind of call games from a voiceover booth. And, um, and then when I started with the NBA, uh, initially, uh, they weren't, you know, flying us anywhere. We were initially in Toronto and we were using, uh, it's called Kissme, which is just an online setup. I would be able to get the international sounds and call the games pretty much from my house. And this was just pre-COVID. So now you can imagine that that tech was already immersed and we were on NBA League Pass and you would be able to, would be able to call regular season games or even playoffs. And I'd have my color commentator from another part of the world, <laughs> you know, whether they were in BC or, or in California, who would call the games with me. Now, that's from the production side of things. I think from a, from a viewer's perspective, we really need to look at all the different ways that uh, consumers are consuming a lot of their their content these days. And uh, you know, just as Laurel mentioned, whether it was uh, TikTok or Twitch, and NFL has done such a great job in in marketing itself in so many different streams. Because if you are not capturing the audience of today, then the growth of your game for tomorrow is going to be lagging. And if we consistently just you know stick to what we know. And this has always been kind of my battle with uh, with hockey at times is this concept of the old guard, 
you know, that uh, we've had kind of similar faces, mind you, they're great, but we've had similar ideas. And it isn't until we start mixing that up a little bit to understand that you can actually grow your audience far wider than what we think is wherever there's going to be a possibility for ice in the winter, right? That uh, there would be a lot of countries who are generally warmer temperate countries would be very interested in hockey because of the energy that it brings. Now, the way that we can do it is obviously with technology. Uh, you know, with TV rights, it gets very expensive, uh, as you know, but there's so many other ways and uh, to, to make money and, and to be able to get sponsors. I was covering the 2016 NBA All-Star Game when it was in Toronto. Uh, it was Kobe's last uh, All-Star Game, so I had the opportunity to cover that game. And then if you recall, the, the next two All-Star Games were sponsored by YouTube. And you'd be able to watch the games on, on YouTube and certain segments on YouTube. So I think that's what's kind of lacking. I, I, you know, I always come back to hockey because I'm so passionate about it. And I feel there's so much that could be done, which isn't taking place right now. Uh, you know, I thought the biggest thing was when Drake did the show uh, at the end of the second period in Montreal at an all-star game. But, uh, but we are just not connecting with a younger audience who hasn't had hockey in, you know, exposure, whether it was them playing themselves or a family member who's, who's been involved. So I think, you know, right now hockey has become almost a hand-me-down sport uh, as opposed to being able to capture a new audience. And the only way we can do it is, is we need to get the game onto social media, social content that's available and capture people in different ways. It's not just about the game. You know, hometown hockey was amazing. And, you know, getting people involved. But even that now, hometown hockey is a couple of years old. Like we always have to create new content and new ways of, of capturing an audience. I think that's what's important. Joe would like to add on to that. Just as a little aside, I actually went to school with Joel. So I've oh, known Joel since we were both um, 18, 19. So a long, long time. <laughs> and I, work, I worked at CBC Sports for many years as well. So we probably, we know a lot of the same people in common. Um, I really am enjoying listening to your, um, your thoughts tonight. And um, it made me think of something that we just recently spoke with Dan Robson, who's one of our instructors here and is also um, head of features at uh, The Athletic. And he just recently wrote an article about toxic culture of hockey. And he was talking really from a first person standpoint of like, he loves hockey and he was a very high level athlete in university and everything playing varsity hockey. And he's grown up around it his whole life. But he's on this side of it now sees that there was very much a toxic culture. And he talks about, he makes an illusion about this red door and that certain people get through it and other people don't. And, the, and there's gatekeepers. There's a gatekeeper mentality in that you've touched on that. But one of the other things that when you said you're, we're not connecting to a younger generation though, to me, something that's also really been part of why hockey can't connect is it's quite an expensive sport. It can cost quite a bit of money. So when Dan Robson talks about the toxic culture of it and about cisgender white straight men and this controlling it, there's also a lot of socioeconomic factors that are keeping people out of it. What do you think about that? And how do we work around that? Because it's an expensive sport. I, everyone I know with who's kids growing up sort of go, oh, I don't know if I want them to get into hockey because they know how much it's going to cost. And they know that there's so many other sports. I mean, soccer is my number one sport. Soccer is one of the most economic, easily done sports in the world. And we know why it takes the ball 
and a field and that's mm -hmm. and that's it so how would you address that and say how can we work around those socioeconomic factors to make hockey more accessible to a wider population in here in canada no, absolutely. I think that uh, we certainly need everybody on board. I think that's the top-down approach, if you may look at it, is not only does it involve your local sports teams or local hockey teams, but uh, but also government as well. And I think it's been a huge issue right across Canada on how much are we really spending for sports. Uh, and I always feel we could spend more. It's such a great way to keep kids away from everything else and, and get them more involved. But to your question, NFL and playing football uh, is, is quite expensive as well. But if you go down south, there are uh, a lot of equipment that's given out. And uh, it's done by the government through the schools. Like my first pair of skates that I had was through my elementary school. And that's when TDSB used to have a budget for skates back then. But I feel like it's this game is a truly a Canadian game, but we need to invest in it in order to get the outcome we're looking for. Uh, and you're right, we can't expect parents to take on the entire cost of it. And as you know, and, uh, you know, with getting ice time and or, or getting at least prime ice time at a local rink is so expensive. And uh, so either you're trying to uh, rent ice at two in the morning and getting a couple of your buddies together to play hockey, or you're having to, you know, shovel out big bucks to do so. I really think that there needs to be somewhat of, uh, you know, an intersection between our representatives, <laughs> elected officials, and also with Hockey Canada and the big sports teams. Because if you are not investing in the local rinks or areas to make hockey more accessible, uh, then we're essentially shooting ourselves in the foot. And these are great, intelligent people who run these teams. And I'm just surprised that they haven't been able to lobby a little bit better than I had thought they would. Now, mind you, Bauer this year with Apna Hockey, which is a, a group of coaches of the Punjabi descent uh, out in Alberta, they teamed up to give out, I think it was 200 or 300 pieces of equipment to low-income or Punjabi families with kids who were interested in playing hockey. And this was everything from skates, shin guards, to helmets, to hockey sticks. And it's necessary. The U.S. is doing it. The NFL is doing it. We just need to do more of it. But I think, you know, I, I see less and less of even see we play sports these days with the turnaround of equipment. But you're right. You know, we need to invest if we are really looking at the future of ice hockey. Another sport that has uh, greater access and is less expensive. And we heard from a very dear colleague of ours out of, uh, from a university, NYU in, in New York, uh, David Hollander, who talks about, he has a class actually on this at NYU that says, basketball can save the world. You may, have you heard of him at all, Perminder? Yes, I've, I've heard of the, the term and I didn't know it was associated with uh, a prof out of NYU. This is oh, well, well, we're definitely going to have to connect the two of you because, and you, you need to speak at NYU or have him in the class or have you in his class at some point. But anyway, he talks about the audiences and why basketball is so accessible in a global sport. And I know everyone on this show tonight has had this conversation before between hockey and I know jo Joe's favorite sport is soccer and then, but just, just basketball in particular. So do you think basketball can save the world, the whole cultural phenomenon, societal tie-in with Drake and the community, music community, 
culture in terms of access and cost of entry. Again, similar to soccer where you need a basketball and you need a hoop and that's about it. You could even do it in bare feet if you wanted to. And that's all you need and you can play the sport. Anyone can play the sport. And it's also as well about breaking down barriers and creating community and having, I mean, here in Canada, I think I mentioned this to David, here in Canada, basketball is part of our school curriculum, both in the elementary school and also in secondary school, basketball is part of it. So why Punjabi for basketball in, in the concept of, of basketball being accessible and you know the fans and the audiences, obviously there is a huge audience. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, there was Team India who was, there was an ice hockey team of Northern Indians at the border of Nepal and India who came to Canada a couple of years ago to play hockey here. So we had the attempt of trying to connect Indians to ice hockey and Punjabis to ice hockey. Uh, it just helped catalyze all of this when you had, uh, you know, Satnam Singh and Sim Buller, who were Punjabi basketball players. One gets drafted by the San Antonio Spurs and the other one is signed on by the Sacramento Kings. And um, so, and there's a huge population in, in Punjab who are playing basketball, but it's not so much so of like an academic or an academy setup where they're actually being taught. It's just a lot of folks who went from Canada or the U.S. went back to their village at home, uh, whether donated to put up a basketball net and, and the, you know, just to give kids something to do. And that kind of caught on. And mind you, sports, I, I feel, you know, is kind of in our blood. And the, you know, the Punjabi community, we're big on sports. Uh, there's a, something called Kabaddi, which is wrestling. And, uh, and, you know, they have these wrestling tournaments in the summer. And it, it packs stadiums, right? And it's, it gets the community out. And, and you're right. Like if you've ever been to a basketball game compared to a hockey game uh, with the hockey, my first experience to professional sports was actually a pair of tickets that were given to my father from his boss at, at work where my, my father used to drive a truck and, and my dad couldn't take me because he would be up at 5 a.m. to get back to work. So it was my cousin and I, who's a couple of years older than me. And I was, I must've been 11 or 12 at that time. And we took the subway down to the old Maple Leaf Garden. And that was my first experience at a professional sport. And the camaraderie, like I think we were facing the Minnesota North Stars. I, just, I think this was before they became Dallas Stars. And, you know, after the goal, like we were high-fiving our neighbors. And, and it, was, it was such an amazing atmosphere. And that truly kind of connected me into sports. And now... The first time I was at a Raptors games, so not only did you have the high fives of the neighbors, there was so much going on. Like, you know, they've got all these things happening between the quarters. And yes, it became a hip, cool thing to do because this, the hip hop culture is so kind of now immersed in this, you know, sense of being a baller, if you may. And then we have our own Drake and so forth, pushing the Raptors to the level that it kind of has. And, and the MLSC and the Toronto Raptors did a great job bringing him on as an ambassador because now you got players wanting to play in Toronto who potentially have never heard of Canada. <laughs> and, uh, and mind you, that's, you know, a, a thing that people think of. So when they're in the States, I think Canada is, you know, do you guys live in igloos? And I, it's surprising to hear that they still think of this, but with the Punjabi community, so now you got two guys who are drafted, once drafted, once signed on. So now you have an audience that kind of generated there because the buzz was huge and a lot of the greater Indian audience had been watching the game and uh, and 
the NBA has a director of sports for India, and they had been trying to get into the bigger Indian audience after the success they saw in China. That uh, you know the the next biggest market for them is India. So in 2009, and I, I go back to uh, Joe's friend Joel, because Joel had uh, on CBC the Sunday afternoon uh, Raptors games. So he gave, uh, you know, he said, hey, listen, Parminder, we're doing these Sunday afternoon Raptors games. And I was like, Joel, listen, you got to get us to do the Punjabi games for the Raps as well. And, uh, and so he just gave me the contact for the VP at MLSE. And uh, so, you know, I made the call, spoke to him, and it was a great conversation. Now he's, you know, uh, mind you, I'm, I'm going to, Keep his name away because he's with the Ottawa Senators now. Um, you know, he's, he's from Italian descent and, and me being Punjabi descent, but grew up in an Italian neighborhood and talking about how we both bottle uh, tomatoes in, in, in the fall <laughs> <laughs> and make pasta sauce because we became, you know, huge pasta and pizza eaters when we came to Canada. And uh, so we had a great laugh and he's like, okay, you know what, let's give it a shot. We'll try to find a sponsor. Uh, great thing. This was, again, the super fan was there and had always known of him and reached out to him as well. And so the MLS, he connected directly and got Hyundai as a sponsor. We call a couple of games in Punjabi in 09. So thanks to Joel. And, uh, and now let's fast forward almost 10 years because CBC didn't have the Raptors after that. They lost when Chris Bosch and the team was, you know, on a, on a decline. And uh, so it was tough for us to kind of get, uh, you know, broadcaster on board to call the games. So what happened was uh, a friend of mine who used to be with the NHL, uh, was with the NBA, contacted him and he got me in touch with the VP of sports development in different languages and pitched the idea. I said, listen, we, you know, we've done hockey. We've got to do basketball. You guys are trying to get into the market. And they said, okay, you know what, let's give it a shot. And so we run NBA league pass. And I think we couldn't have picked a better season. And we got to follow the raps all the way to the finals and the championship. And we called it in Punjabi. And <laughs> this was such an amazing thing. And I think having experienced that, whether it was in Oakland with the Golden State Warriors when that final game was won in the Oracle Center, and to be able to broadcast that in you know, my native language and in Punjabi to Punjabis all across the world, it was you know close to 200 countries who had access to the games. And uh, uh, that was a highlight for, for my career, if you may. Yes, and actually that was the, the one thing that David pointed out as well in, in terms of this is global. And we saw that with 2019 and all the, you said 200 countries, over 200 countries around the world that tuned in and was in, had access. And to see that uh, India is a emerging market for basketball and to be able to tap into that marketplace has such potential. So what do you prefer? This is more of a Dan question, actually, but what do you prefer calling in hockey or basketball? Listen, I'm a, I've, I've got this kind of soft spot for hockey because I love playing hockey. I, I thought I was a baller, but believe me, I can't jump that high. I wish I was a little bit taller, you know, referencing some, but I, I, I love both. And uh, it, I think it's just equivalent, equal amount of energy. And especially when you get some great dunks. And, and I think the, what I would like is that if, you know, if we were able to bring uh, this hockey game to an Indian market, not just in Canada, because the broadcast currently is just, is Canadian, uh, having other exposure in India to hockey would be wonderful. But uh, but I like calling basketball live. A, it's not as cold. And plus, you're closer to the court. 
but but in hockey, it's you know you're up in the gondola, the media gondola, and you're calling the the games out from there. But yeah, so I think it's I'm I'm just blessed to have experienced both. In both. Now, do you have similar? So the the one term that was in that interview I was referring to before said, when hockey players after a bad period and maybe after a bad quarter, do you still say the boys need a cup of chai? <laughs> I, I give that to Harden Ryan. He came up with that. He's, Did he's he? a big, <laughs> He's, he's a big tea drinker, but uh, but but certainly here in basketball, like when they call a timeout and and so forth, you know, we we always chuckle with a few things that we throw in there to keep it keep it lively for the audience. As you can see, the you know the dynamic duel between Matt Devlin and uh, and Jack, you know, it's you need to keep it lively. I think that's been the thing, and it's interesting because Matt Devlin's first year of calling the Raptors when uh, Chuck Swirsky left as the commentator and Matt Devlin came in as, as the head commentator for the Raptors. It was his first year and it was my first year calling the game in Punjabi. And I remember him, Aja Stojokovic. If you, you can probably Google this, you look up Matt Devlin yelling Punjabi. And so Peja was going for a three-pointer and, uh, and Matt just yells out, Peja, Punjabi, three-pointer. <laughs> And uh, we had quite the laugh and you know, for, forget about, uh, you know, the impact that the game has had on the Punjabi community. I think we were making an impact on, uh, on the on players. <laughs> well, I didn't, watch, I didn't watch an episode. I was, I was doing my homework before and I, I saw that you're also teasing around with the players. You're asking, obviously, for your network, asking the players questions in Punjabi. Oh. <laughs> And the players looking at you like, I don't speak Punjabi. <laughs> and it's tough. I'm telling you, we, we have great uh, laugh because, as you know, um, James Harden in the NBA has a beard. And uh, so, and, and obviously I've got a beard. And so I've got a segment with him where we're just discussing different beard products. Like, you know, how do we, how do we keep it going? He's telling me his secrets and so forth. And you're right, DeMarcus Cousins, one of the other players where I'm trying to get him to say a few words in Punjabi and the that struggle is real like he was having such a tough time and uh, but it, but it's great fun and I, I feel like now that you know you have individuals who kind of look like me are in the locker room now we're exposing players uh, to the diverse communities and which is again in the NBA they do travel the world they have games uh, in 2019 they traveled to India and had the first set of preseason games there and I almost feel like we should look at touring even hockey in other parts of the world where we can, if there's an arena somewhere. But I, I think, you know, they make the effort and having folks like that look like me in the, the locker rooms really helps break the ice and get uh, players interested in going out and doing community events mm-hmm. and, uh, and engaging young, young kids. So I do want to get to Dan here and what I would like for you, if you wouldn't mind, Parminder, because, uh, and I'm going to have you do speak Punjabi uh, again at the end of the show, if you, if you would, please, is so Dan is going to walk you through um, a portion of the show called Rapid Fire. So he'll tell you what that is. And I would ask that if you would answer the question in Punjabi first and then English. (laughs) All right, let's do this. All right, over to you, Dan. (laughs) <laughs> listen, I, I try to bring the good energy too, so we'll rival that. We'll amp it up. Amazing. We'll have a little Amazing. bit of fun. So these, these questions, Permitter, are just really designed to get to know you a little bit behind the scenes and uh, have a little fun at the same time, but we're looking for short and sweet, all right? So maybe 10 words or less, but just first thing that comes to mind. 
All right, now you mentioned it comes to Canada, pizza and pasta, so I gotta know, pineapple, yes or no on your pizza? I wasn't initially, but now I am. I, <laughs> yes. Convert it. Hanji, Hanji. Hanji, Hanji, Hey, um, tell us your favorite Indian street food. Golgape or Pani Puri. Pani Puri would be the English translation. Little puffed balls with this spicy sauce that goes in. You can get it with yogurt. If you're not a spicy fan, it'll burn your mouth and you'll remember it for probably a week, but uh, oh, amazing. How many times a day, a week, a month do you get asked about the uh, Benino call? Okay, so that's, so mind you, Hart and Ryan made the call, but I get asked all the time to the <laughs> point where I just go, Benino, 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 Benino. I'm like, listen, man, I'm not going to disappoint you. Like, you came up to me hopes that you met the right guy. So, and I get this all the time. I, I get called Hart and Ryan or even Jag Singh, And I've reached the point and I've told both of them that I just, I sign autographs for you guys. It's not <laughs> worth anything, but I just, I don't, I don't like to disappoint you. <laughs> so let me ask you if, if Benito might go down as Hart and Ryan's ultimate call, what goes down as yours? Maria Shakita Gorn, like the, he shoots, he scores. The Punjabi version is what I would uh, link myself to. And yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know Benino actually changed his phone to a ringtone. That was Benino Benino <laughs> for himself, which was hilarious. Hey, do you have a particular favorite athlete's name that just kind of rolls off the tongue that you love to say? Not in particular, I would say, but I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like I, I feel like the enunciation and the stoppage just works so well with Punjabi. So it's like- Can you let us mind, have mind, it's Mind you, Giannis, let me tell you this. Giannis and Gyani, which means actually a turbaned person in Punjabi. So so at times I do call him Giannis or Gyani Antetokounmpo. <laughs> so it kind of works out well. So I, I don't know how the, my Greek friends feel about that, but uh, <laughs> it works for us. You mentioned game six of the NBA Finals, the chance to call the Raptors championship game. Is there any other game in your repertoire and history of calling games that rivals that? You know what? No, I, that is that is the ultimate. And uh, mind you, you know, we're in the arena, we're calling the game, the atmosphere, the Raps. Had the Leafs won a Stanley Cup, I, I would have said otherwise. But, uh, but being a sports fan, being from Toronto, you know, that is the ultimate personally for me. What play-by-play -play broadcaster had the biggest impact on you that you love to watch and listen to? Um, listen, I, I love Jim Houston, but um, uh, Bob Cole, um, and then of course, Holy Mackinac. Uh, how can I? Yeah, uh, Joe Bowen. Oh, Joe, boy, Joe. Joe. Yeah. And uh, so Joey, I used to love watching Joey prior uh, to the whole shift and changes that, that were made with the Leafs broadcast. Uh, so that's on the hockey side. On the basketball side, I was a huge, you know, Chuck Swarsky fan before Matt Devlin came in. And so I love Matt, not only because he's the, the hometown hero for us, but uh, but he has this great kind of, you know, rivalry camaraderie with Drake as well when they're sitting beside each other. And uh, so I, I think, you know, those are the kind of guys that, uh, that I've looked up to. Well, I guess it's fair to say you don't just like pineapple on your pizza, but you like salami and cheese as well. <laughs> there you go. Hey, listen, that's a wrap. <laughs> A rapid fire for <laughs> okay thank you dan thank you dan <laughs> so we have uh perminder a student here today aditi who is an international student from india 
she said, I'd like to say hi in Punjabi. So Aditi, why don't you come off mute and say hello in Punjabi? I hope you've become a fan of the broadcast or at least watching some games in Punjabi. I did once, but then I'm not really fluent in Punjabi. Punjabi should be my first language, but then I grew up learning Hindi more. I do understand yeah. Punjabi, like, somewhat sorry on the air, on the Sangitara. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think she was being humble. Look at that. And you saw Punjabi, I think Sanu Chayda, because you saw that you involved in the broadcast. You saw that you were doing a lot of work. You saw that you were doing a lot of Excellent. All right. There we go. <laughs> and I'm just going to chime in super quickly because Aditi just this afternoon did her on-air presentation and ad-lib for the class. And if you're looking for the voice of the future of women's hockey, field hockey, as you had mentioned just to me last week that that was the national sport in India. And of course, Parminder, you brought that up today and the love for cricket. So I think, Laurel, there's your answer right there. She's on the call today. You keep doing that amazing work, Aditi. It's beautiful. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's exactly what I said. I said, we have to get you on a broadcast. So, you know, if it's women's hockey or wherever it may be, even better. So I think this is, this is amazing. Thank you for, for saying hello. This is great. Thanks, Aditi. So, uh, okay. Now, I need you to speak more Punjabi. You were supposed to do the ah. rapid fire in Punjabi. Okay. So, I have something, I have a different mission for you because we have one minute left in our podcast today. And being a love, love NBA, I obviously love hockey, but we definitely need to hear from an NBA host and commentary yourself you know you're famous in this space so it would be such a pleasure if you could help close our sport talk show so if you have a note and pen <laughs> follow me no 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 i'm just kidding it'd be pretty it'd be pretty easy <laughs> so i'll do it in english and you do the best job you can in punjabi if you wouldn't mind because this is this legendary and uh, we're really excited about this so thank you so much, Parminder Singh, for joining us on Sport Talks with Sport Profs. I'm Prof Walls. We're joined uh, with Prof Joe this evening, Dan, the coach Berlin, Axel Lilmanis, and of course, our spotlight speaker, NBA host and commentator, Parminder Singh. Thank you for being on the show tonight. We'll see you next week. professor. Walzak, Coach Dan, Joe, Axel, Spencer, Aditya, Luis, the Genevi Sare Sade Nalsege, Aj Sports Talk to see Sonia, Medinal, Parminder Singh Dinal, Omid had to see Pasant Kita Hovega, Fir Hovegi Mulakat, Agle Hate, Udontak, Satsuka. Thank you. Satsuka. Fantastic. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. Have a wonderful evening and we'll be watching for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye -bye. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.